You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talk back program. Ah, one of my favorite television shows and one of my favorite television show themes. Check this out. You ready? I'll bring it up a little, Tim. Everyone now. Beans don't burn in the kitchen. Beans don't burn on the grill. Took a whole lot of Turian just to get up my hill. Now we up in the big leagues. Oh, man, I cannot get enough of that. Folks, we've been waiting for this moment a long time. In August 2009, Daytime Emmy Award history was made when The View hosts were named Outstanding Talk Show Host. In May 2009, The View co-hosts were chosen as one of the 100 most influential people in the world by Time Magazine. And joining us right now on The Drew Marshall Show is the one and only Sherry Shepard from The View. Hello, Sherry Shepard from The View. I'm doing great. I'm doing really, really well, except this is the way I was going to introduce you. You ready? Mm-hmm. Sal's wife, Jeffrey's mother, actress, co-host of The View, star of Lifetime uh, sitcom, uh, Sherry, uh, Jesus Groupie, host of the newlywed game, karaoke queen. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Star Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, Star Jones, right here. How many people mistake you for her all the time? Is that still happening? Uh, no, so I, yeah, it still happens. And I will tweet Star and say, "Hey, we've got another fan." <laughs> That's I don't know. That's creepy, though, isn't it? I just find that a little weird. Well, some people I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man! <laughs> Listen, how many wigs do you have? I have. Um, oh my gosh! I probably over fifty or sixty of them. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yep. Uh, my personal favorite is Tyreka. I like oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like Tyreka. That's, that's it's good. It's so funny because we were, uh, hubby and I, we were looking for a house today. And uh, we were looking at a house and it didn't have enough room. And I was like, where am I going to put my hair? <laughs> <laughs> I need a room for my hair. <laughs> that's bad. That is so bad. Listen, a little birdie told me that uh, you get really nasty when it comes to outbidding people for Ugg boots. For for Ugg boots? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Huh? I mean, I like my Ugg boots. I didn't know I got bad. <laughs> yeah, you got like vicious. Like you had to have those things, huh? Oh my gosh! Yes, I always have to. If I see something, I'm like, I need it. I need it. I need it. Really? Yes. And that is that what happened with Mister Six Six over two hundred and fifty Detroit boy? Oh my! Well, yeah. I actually didn't have to fight anybody over him. I looked. I looked. There, I didn't see anybody, and I was like, I set my sights, and I was like, he's mine. <laughs> I don't know if anybody could have come in. Well done. Well done. <laughs> what I want to know is who made the first move. Like, there, there was, was that sort of uh, extended eye contact in that, in that one little party you went to at, at your friend's place? Was that how it went down? It was, you know, it wasn't even paying attention. It was my girlfriend had a party, and I came for the free food. <laughs> and just was having a great time. It was the day after Thanksgiving, and we played Taboo, which is, I'm, I'm very competitive when, when, when I uh, play Taboo. Mm-hmm. And she said, he likes you because you're loud and competitive, which I'm not so sure if that's a compliment or not, being wow. loud. Wow. But uh, I think he actually made the first move. That's amazing. Yeah, I think, I think Sal made the first move. Um, you, um, you've done a lot of things on The View. You've done, mm-hmm. I, you know, you strike me as the one, it's, like I'm not a uh, View junkie or anything, uh, yeah. but, but I do watch it. Uh, there's, there's very few shows I will give thumbs up to. I enjoy the banter. The crosstalk drives me nuts sometimes, but that's okay. Um, but... Is it really true that a Brazilian hurts more than giving birth? You know, it's actually, I don't, wow, that's an interesting one, because I had a C-section, so I don't know. Mm. I think it does. I think it actually hurts more than giving birth. 
Mm. But I'd love to talk to a woman who gave birth and had a Brazilian. Can I just say, folks, please go to YouTube and type in <laughs> Cherry Shepherd Brazilian. Some of the funniest footage I have ever seen in my life. I think we got probably when we did that segment, because I'm game for anything. If they give me a segment and they say, you know, do such and such, I'm game. Yeah. I think we probably got in an hour 400,000 hits. You're kidding. Or like 100,000 hits. I don't want to. Yeah, That's like, like 100,000 hits in an hour. But you're the one on the team who's who's up for it, right? You're the, you're the I'm go- up for it. Yeah, you're the go-to girl. I used to do it when I was uh, a guest host. I guess uh, on Ellen, the Ellen DeGeneres show, mm-hmm. all the time, and she'd give me stuff to do, and I was like, I'm up for it. You want me to go, you know, on a luge in Colorado? I'm, I'm up for it. <laughs> then I found out later, you know, people break their necks on luges. Yeah. That's why I'm not an Olympian. No. No, well, that's the reason right there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the, 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 the question I'm most intrigued with, and I'm, I'm excited to hear your answer with this one, uh, Sherry. Yeah. Um. If you were on Dancing with the Stars, okay. do you think you would have a wardrobe malfunction quicker than than, um, than Nancy Grace? Do you think yours, would that come along quicker in the season than, than well, Nancy Grace? Well, you know, it's so funny. When I saw Nancy Grace, I saw, the, and then they cut to that crazy audience. Who were, do, like, they were applauding. Yeah, they, I'm like, they can't, they can't be not clapping. No. But um, I said, note to self, if you ever do Dancing with the Stars, you make sure they got... Boulder holder. You make sure they strap those babies down where it's like duct taping, pretty much. You uh, get the Chaz Bono bra. That's the future. My my wife actually had a comment this morning. I very rarely bring her up in in conversations uh, uh-huh. on the radio because she hates it. But and she'll and I'll pay for this later. But she said, and please don't take offense to this because she said it, not me. Okay. She said, "Look at that woman. Look at her figure." Does she fall over? She said when she looked at me. Yes, you've got That's this. So you've got this. <laughs> you've got this hot smoking body. Listen, I saw you the picture of you in the wedding dress and the and the hourglass yeah. thing going on. I don't know if uh, the uh, football player's wife, what's her name, uh, Elizabeth, did she Elizabeth? did she strap you in with the uh, with the duct tape, uh, the strings and the what? what she, uh, had, she had me in pretty good. But oh. tell your wife that made me really laugh. That was funny. You learn, tell her you learn to when you're born. The God gives you whatever He gives you. He gives you the stuff you need to carry it through. Oh my goodness! <laughs> he gave me this. I got the broad shoulders, so my, it kind of balances everything out. See, God's cruel joke for me was giving me a daughter with gifts. Oh, you're gonna go through it. No, it's not funny. <laughs> Sorry. Having a daughter with, with who that's yeah. gifted. No, yeah. I can't yeah. even say the right words. You get it. My dad will tell you he went through it. Absolutely, all my sisters were all very well endowed. He went through it. Now, is it true that when you were younger, because you grew up a J Dub, did, did you and Prince play together at all? Did you guys play together? No, no? Prince was not a Jehovah's <laughs> Witness when I was a Jehovah's Witness. Prince didn't become one until I was an adult, I think. But I tell you what, no, no, no. Let me tell you, Michael Jackson was a Jehovah's Witness. Uh huh. And when I moved to California, we went to the same Kingdom Hall that Michael Jackson went to, and he used to go in through the back door and sit in the library when we would have our meetings. Wow. Yeah, and so I went to the same Kingdom Hall, and then when he went out in field service, which is when they come and knock at your door on a Saturday and wake you up. Michael Jackson went on field service? Yes, he would wear disguises, so you would know. Get out of here. Absolutely. That is unbelievable. Yeah, he would wear disguises. So we here, did go to the same Kingdom Hall together. Here's my uh, my J-Dub story. Mm-hmm. 
I was an associate pastor at a church in Australia for five years. I pulled up beside the church one day, and I saw the J-dubs walking down the street. And, of course, they didn't go to the church. So I got out of the car, and I decided to be a bit of a smarty pants. And I said, hey, guys, how come you never knock on this door? Hey? Hmm? Hey? So then I go in, sit down in my office, do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Phone rings. It's the receptionist. Uh, Drew, there's two Jehovah's Witnesses here to see you? You're kidding me. So two hours later, doing the Bible ping pong with the green phantom back and forth, all of a sudden, knock on the door, and guess who's up at the door? Santa Claus. It was Christmas time, and somebody dressed as Santa Claus shows up, and they weren't impressed. That, yeah, they're not impressed with Santa Claus. No. Because it's a pagan holiday. They weren't impressed when I said, hey, listen, i got to go. Can I close in prayer? They said, uh, no, no, we don't want you praying. Yeah, they won't let you pray. They, they will pray, but they won't. Yeah. They don't want you to pray. So, oh, my goodness. Did you bail on the J-dubs because of the whole disfellowshipping with your dad thing, or were there other reasons? I did. I got a little bit disillusioned. My dad, uh, for people who don't know, he just was a, he was a, he was a Christian. He was a Baptist, and my mom became a Jehovah's Witness. So my dad, uh, you know, to keep the harmony in the marriage, chose to become a witness as well. So we kind of, we, I think at seven years old, we became witnesses. And, you know, he just started asking a lot of questions. He just was asking, and he, they disfellowshipped him. Hmm. And we were told when the elders came to the house, they told my sisters and I, we had to tell my dad we couldn't talk to him. Because typically when you get disfellowshipped or excommunicated, you are supposed to cut off the contact with the person. Right. And the, the thinking is, uh, is that once they're out there on their own and they're not in the folds of, with the other Jehovah's Witnesses, it's kind of like they want to come back. You know, when I come back, quote, home. Right. And so they told us we had to cut them off. And I thought, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, the greatest of these things is love. And I thought, well, that's not love. No. And my sisters, they took us to his second job. He worked two jobs so we could live in a really good neighborhood and go to a good school. He worked as a waiter at Denny's. And um, they told us we had to tell him we couldn't talk to him. My sisters did. And my dad broke down crying at the Denny's. And I will always remember that. Wow. And it kind of, you know, I I got really disillusioned, and I just felt like, you know, I was living kind of two lives. Like I was, you know, it wasn't about my relationship with God. It was about following all these rules. Right, right, right. So, yeah, so I didn't, didn't, you know, I kind of fell away from it and for a few years um, was just on my own. But I always knew that there was something else. I was was missing that spiritual link, but I was was taught that if you weren't a Jehovah's Witness— Everything else was from the devil. Right. So I couldn't go to a church, but it was just so much. It was just so much missing. And I remember just crying one night going, if you're out there and if you love me, I don't think you do because I'm not a Jehovah's Witness, but if you do, gosh, could you send somebody? What's going on? And that's when Prince came. And that is when Prince came. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That was terrible. Oh, my gosh. All right, so so what I'm trying to understand, well, first of all, can I just remind everybody that um, we're, we're talking with Sherry Shepard, and if you ever want to see Sherry Shepard uh, tongue-tied, uh, flabbergasted, I don't know what other words you want to throw in here, watch uh-huh. the clip uh, where Prince shows up on set at The View. Yeah. You were goofy. I love Prince. I just, I love his music. I think he's so uber-talented. And it was so funny because when we were sitting there at Hot Topics and we're talking, I saw Prince walk out. In my head, I said, oh, they got to look alike. We're doing like one of these custom commercials. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. I'm like, oh, we're probably going to give away milk or something like that or some, you know, cranberry juice. Yeah, yeah. Adam and Eve apple juice. And <laughs> they got a Prince look like. We're doing, you know, toilet paper. Mm. 
So it wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. And then when he got to the table and everybody, and I saw the audience go crazy, that's when I was like, this is not a lookalike. Oh, my God. That's Prince. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? I don't know if anybody, whoever has been close to Prince except Vanity Six or Sheila E. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so him sitting right next to me, and I said, I'm going to smell him because I'm never going to get this opportunity again to sniff Prince. I'm never going to get this opportunity again to rub up against Prince. Uh-huh. This is it. This is one in a million. I better take my shot. I felt like, you know, when you're like a, one of these singing artists and you see, a, you see somebody that you know, this could make my career. Let me just start singing in front of everybody. <laughs> well, you are the queen of karaoke. That's it. So I was like, that's, this is Prince. I will never, ever get to sniff him. I will never get to touch him. I'll never get to rub against him. I'll never get to hear him say my name. I'm doing everything I ever dreamed of right now at this table. You almost stole his gloves, too, didn't you? I, and I would have had not Whoopi Goldberg took the glove from me, <laughs> which I think was completely wrong. Oh, my goodness. It's not like he didn't have 800 pairs back home. Seriously. He, he wouldn't have missed one pair. He's got as many gloves as you have wigs. There we go. Mm. He probably names his gloves. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but later we went to the concert. Uh, he gave us our front row uh, seat tickets, and we went to the concert, and he was singing, and he came to the edge of the concert, Uh-oh. and he was singing a song by the time, and he said, you know why, Sherry Shepard, because you're cool, and I started screaming. Oh, my goodness. Because he didn't say anybody else's name on that stage. He said my name, and then at the end of the night, we were leaving, and they said, well, they're going to pull celebrities on stage to dance with Prince, and I said, well, he's not going to have me up there. He, that's for Whoopi and Bette Midler is here, and, you know, and then all of a sudden, as we're leaving, Sal and I, I hear, Sherry, I know you want to, da- I want to dance with you. I want to see how well you can dance. Come up here. And I went, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's calling my name. And, like, everybody in the, in, the, in, the, in the Madison Square Garden screaming, Sherry, go back. <laughs> so I jump on stage with Prince, and they're playing Kiss. And he's holding my hand. And I'm like, you know I'm never going to let you go. I mean, you know this, right? I mean, you already, you Uh-oh. called for the stalker to come up here. That's his fault. It's like a vampire. Can I enter? <laughs> yes, you can. Of your own free will, you called the stalker. I'm here. I'm not leaving. I'm not going. Oh, my goodness. Man. You know what? I, I hate to admit this publicly, but I will. I would be the same way, except not with Prince. You who would? Who would I don't know. I'm Come thinking. On. Well, I can't say it because, well. Everybody else I, I talk quietly in my You know? Show. James Taylor. You dance yeah, with James right. Taylor. I would dance with James Taylor. Yeah. James Taylor. Yeah, in a heartbeat. I understand. You know what I'm saying? I understand. I got a little bromance going on there. It's okay to have a bromance. I completely get you. <sighs> Man. I know. I know. It's one of those, yeah. If he came around, what would you do? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know. I, I just, you know. There would be copious amounts of drool emanating from... <laughs> the corners of my mouth but other than that no, no. listen which which relationship has more um more dynamite strapped to it okay um uh, elizabeth and rosie mm-hmm. elizabeth and Whoopi, uh barbara and regis oh that <laughs> that is hysterical i guess i would go hands down it was elizabeth and rosie yeah that was whack I'm saying, and you, you, uh, wasn't that the reason Barbara called you back? You handled that pretty darn good. Yeah, they liked the fact that I didn't uh, make my career off of that day of going on every, because every news show called me, and they were like, we'll fly you out to talk about it. You know, BBC called me, we'll fly you out. We just, just talk about what happened on that day, and I said, no, that's an A and B conversation. I'm going to see my way out of it. And um, <laughs> I wouldn't talk about it, and they liked the fact that I was very discreet. And uh, so it was between Kathy Griffin and I for that spot. 
Well, I think they picked the right person. I really do. I, think, I, I, you know, I really do. I love going to work every day. Those are a great group of women, and we argue and we disagree, but I think the number one thing that we have for each other is respect. Mm. And so when you have a respect, you know, you don't try to belittle anybody else for their opinion. And I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion, but it's nice to have a great dialogue. And we get heated, but you know what? It doesn't leave the table, hmm. which is what I love. Yeah, yeah. By the way, how's uh, TweetDeck working for you today? I'm loving it. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, we can hear it. <laughs> I, I'm, sorry, I'm so addicted to this. My husband literally has to come and say, like, turn off this, the, the computer. <laughs> Now, listen, your life, I mean, I'm doing the research. By the way, I did six hours of research and then went to save it and it disappeared. Can I just oh say that now? God. Can I just say that now? So oh I'm going, God. I'm you going off. Just ask me. I would have told you I could have saved all that. I know, but I'm going off memory now. I'm going off memory. Okay. Uh, your life, there's a lot of bad, let me see if I can remember this stuff, okay? And if I miss something, tell me. Okay. First of all. You know, when you were younger, things were going a little squirrely. Your mom was had the diabetes, you know, right. ref, refusing to take care of herself. Uh, you ended up in the clink uh, mm-hmm. one time. You were evicted one time. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many times. Three right? times. Three times, evicted. yeah. Uh, you got your car repoed. Three times. Three times with that, yep. too? Mm-hmm. Um, abortions. Pl- uh, uh, last time. Plural. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, what else? Homeless. Go, yeah, homeless. Homeless. Uh-huh. We get married. Uh, no, when was the abusive relationship? That was in the dating days? That was in the dating days. Okay. That was about the time. I was about 18. Okay, all right. Uh-huh. You married, uh, the, you know, that didn't, it, you get son, son was uh, the special needs, you know, special like, needs. oh my goodness. My husband. Right, has husband an has an affair. Uh, baby. Yep, yep, yep. So, like, you should be working for the country music industry with all that crap. <laughs> I've been done wrong, but I'm up again. Oh my goodness! <laughs> okay, no, no. And, our, and our, well, now that now that you're a Jesus uh, Jesus girl, now do you go to a happy clappy? Everything's good all the time, church? No, not at all. You know, I always tell people, people just you know when people say to me, I, you know what? I forgive him. I'm like just from yesterday, really. I think you it takes time. Forgiveness is a process. You can't say by next Wednesday. I'm going to forgive, but it's something that you work towards, and you work towards, you know, being able to put a smile on your face. So what people don't see is the is the is the stuff that I go through, the private process. So um, I don't, it's not happy clappy all the time, but it's just, I, you know, we were talking about that with joy. Like, why do you need faith? And to me, faith is it's always that light at the end of the tunnel, and it's always that light saying it's going to get better. Absolutely, if you just keep looking. At that light, it's going to get better. Keep trusting in God and knowing it. today is a day that is not good at all, but actually it will get better. Each day that passes that I'm able to get up and walk and, and wiggle my fingers, it's going to get better. That's a promise. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't, if I had that much stuff go down in my life, uh-huh. I don't know. I just, it, I'd be but, done. I don't know how you do it, Sherry. Seriously. Yeah, but if you have that much stuff go down in your life, and there are people who have had worse, my goodness. Um, and if you stay in that place of being a victim, that's tiring in of itself. Yeah, that's That true. takes a lot. I mean, have you ever met people who they're complaining, and it's just like, and he, he cheated on me, and he left me, and I and then I was broke? Oh, my gosh, when did this happen? Like, you know, last week, 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like, and you're still holding on to it? Really? It takes so much energy, and it, it makes you sick physically. Hmm. You get sick, and you're unhappy, and nobody wants to be around you. 
why? Why do, why do you why do you want to hold on to that? Is what I say. Yeah, I had a conversation with someone the other day, and we said, you know what? There's a new rule. There should be a new. We should get Bill Maher to do this. A new rule. Here's the rule. Mm-hmm. You can't blame your parents after forty. I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm absolutely with you. Because yeah, I don't know. I think there's a trend of uh, you know whinging and whining and and uh, and hooking everything up to your parents' uh, in a wagon, right? So I mean, you know, I, I think our parents they did. You know, it's funny. I was talking about that with a friend. How we do, how we I raised Jeffrey differently than the way my parents would have raised me. He gets a lot more freedom. Right. But you know, I'm not going to blame my parents because I, I, you know they did it a certain way. That's what they knew. They yeah. did the best they knew how to do with what they had, and they were imperfect people. But, you know, am, am I going to get mad at them? No. I just do my stuff a different way. Did you get mad at your mom because she wouldn't take care of herself properly and then yes. died? Yes, absolutely I do. That's something I'm still working on. Not as mad as I used to be because I felt she she passed away when I was 23 or 24. My sister was 15, hmm. and, and another sister was 17, and consequently – one of my sisters got involved in drugs very heavily. Another sister uh, just had to make her way because I was doing my stand-up comedy. So she had to go and live with people, and, you know, she had to make her way, and she had to be an adult at 15. And I felt like that was my mom's fault, absolutely, because she did not take care of herself. And had she chosen a different path and chose to take care of her health, then she could have been there for us a little bit longer. I get upset when I when I want to go to her and go, how do I take care of Jeffrey? I call Elizabeth when Jeffrey has a fever or something is wrong. I call Elizabeth, but there are times when I go, gosh, I really want to, I wish I could have called my mom yeah. and asked her. But, yeah, I do get mad. And that's why I, I really look at myself because I'm diabetic. And I say i got to make some certain choices because I've really, i got a six-year-old who could care less if I'm eating sugar or, or you know, cheesecake but I know it's going to affect him down the road. He's only six. And and a dynamite kid. And would that not be the hook? Like when you saw when you saw Sal, you know, kind of kind of really digging your kid. That's got to that must have won your heart. Oh my gosh! As a single mom, I think it's very hard for single moms because we want somebody to be in there, you know, with our kid and and love them like we do. And yeah, it definitely that was a big one when when Jeffrey came to me and said, I want. Sal to take me to church, Mommy, and he wagged his finger, and he said, not you, only <laughs> Sal. Yeah. And really, uh, you know, Sal goes to uh, the curriculum nights at school, and they'll say, oh, that's your stepson. And Sal says, no, it's my son. So, nice. uh, you know, it's, I, I, I think the first day we drove in, his, Sal had a new truck, and Jeffrey spilt something. And Sal was just like, it's not a big deal. Let's keep it moving. So I, I was looking at all of that because, hmm. you know, I'm a package deal. Well, and that's the thing. I've heard many single moms talk about how frustrating it is uh, w- because I'm going to do some generalization stuff here, and it's mm-hmm. probably a little unfair, but the reality is, look, a single mom, that's, that's they're heroes for me. All right? They're absolute, absolute heroes. Yeah. Uh, because God did not arrange things for one person to be raised in a child. No, it's it is. Too it's too much. It's, it's, you're absolutely right. It's just it's too much, rough. right? So a tough deal, right? And then you're sitting there, and you're, there's a lonely thing that creeps in, right? And then you just want to be loved, and then you got the you got Junior there, whoever it is, right? And and uh, there's some guys that play on that. There's some guys that are playing the single moms. Absolutely. Getting what they want to get, and then getting. And then they're getting out of there. Yeah. And that's one of the things that just made me say, I will just wait until Jeffrey's out of college. <laughs> 
I, li- I literally was content to say my assignment right now is being a mother, and I don't ever want my son to see me crying over somebody who's not even worth it. So I was like, I'm fine. So, you know, looking at Sal, and he taught third graders special needs at a public school in Compton, out of all places, Compton, California. Wow. So I knew right then, okay, he's got patience. Yeah. And, I, you know, I saw he loved children. And, and also I looked at the fact, Drew as well, he was in his 40s and he didn't have kids. I'm just yeah. like, okay. And, and he, and, but, but he was, he's never been married either, right? He, he had never wanted to get married. And he said, you know, and he liked women. He loved women. And he said, you know, I, ne- I didn't want to be a weekend dad. I chose not to have children. I didn't want to be somebody who was going to see their kids on the weekend. Now, speaking of that, how's your eggs? Um, you know, I'm hoping they're okay because we got a we got an appointment at the fertility clinic next week. Thank you. So I'm hoping I just remember get these babies out the refrigerator and they're yeah. cracking and the yolk is all there. <laughs> I hope that works for you. I really do. Uh, <laughs> on the line with Sherry Shepard, uh, we're going to say goodbye real soon because we don't want to waste too much of her time with us. Just you know, oh, us Canadian schleps. Uh, a good time. Put put a uh, put a one word description on each of these stages. You ready? Sure. One word. When you when the Twitter sure. sounds are just crazy, but I know <laughs> I can't stop it. I'm not even on Twitter. It's just on. Okay, this is my screensaver. Okay, all right. One word to describe these stages. When you were uh, before you were married, when you were single, one word to describe that sort of. Let's say from uh, teenage years to when you got married. One word. From teenage years to when I got married. Yeah, this is a ridiculous question, but go with me. Oh, you, that's a big span of time. I'm saying. From teenage years, that's a fifteen-year span of time. Let's, okay, let's go. Let's okay, go. I can give you a word. Yeah. Eager. Okay. Yeah, we're not talking sexually here, are we? No, no, no. About life. Okay. All right. Well, I brought up the sexually thing because you know there, you, you've talked very openly about the abortions, yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, there was a time period where, and it it, it kind of coincided with when I stopped being a Jehovah's Witness, and I didn't have. God in my life. Well, thank goodness he was in my life. I chose not to open up my life to him. Right. But it was that time period of really feeling like if I was not a Jehovah's Witness, I was going to die. That's literally how we've been taught. If you're not a witness, you're, you're, you're going to die. They're, they don't believe in hell. So it's not like you're going to hell. You're just going to die. And so I just felt like, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to have all the sex I can. I'm going to spend all my money. I'm going to buy clothes and not pay for them. Well, the world never ended, because that's what we thought the world was going to come to an end. Yeah. It never ended, and so I was all in debt. <laughs> Man. I, I had been in promiscuous relationships. I had abortions. I had, you know, and it's what happens, I think, when you don't have God in your life. There's no accountability. You just kind of go wild. And so I, I suffered a lot from that guilt for a very, very long time, especially when I was trying to have a baby. Uh, and it took, it was so hard for me to have a baby. We had Jeffrey through fertility methods. Hmm. And, um, because of the abortions. Because Well, it was just a lot of scarring. Yeah. And so one lady, I was speaking at a women's event. It was called Women of Faith. And I was speaking at a, an event, and a lady came. It just kind of set me free because I had asked for forgiveness. And, you know, it says in the Bible, if you ask for forgiveness, God is faithful to forgive you. And I knew that God had forgiven me, but I hadn't forgiven myself. And every day I was just felt guilty over all of these, you know, when so many people were trying to have children. So all of these needless abortions, I was young. And really, being so young, that was like a form of birth control to me. But a lady said to me, uh, we were sitting there, and I think I was really going through it, and she said, Sherry, just know that when you get to heaven, all your children will be there with their arms open, and they will welcome you with the sound of mama. <laughs> and wow. she said, name name them. And once, I, I don't know, that just set me free from being... Um, 
you know, not forgiving myself. Yeah, guilt so I, I can completely talk about it. It doesn't bother me. Nobody can make me feel guilty because I've done it already. Yeah, yeah. So it's truly knowing that that my babies are up there. Yeah. You know? I, I have this picture of you getting to heaven and you see Jesus and you're like, Jesus, you know, and, and, uh-huh. and you move toward him like the sound of music scene or something, you know, through the fields and, and uh, he's running towards you and all of a sudden these children come out of nowhere and tackle you. Yes, I will be the Octomom in heaven. <laughs> right. That oh, is man. who I will be. Just that's why I'm so I'm so compassionate with Nadia Suleiman. I'm like I can't talk. <laughs> oh man! Because when I get up to heaven, they're gonna be mad at me. All them angels gonna be like, "Why we gotta help her with all them daggone kids?" Or why? Why all them damn kids? They might tell her to have all. She should have thought about that. Why do we gotta give her a house? Why? They're going to be on The View in Heaven talking about me. Yeah. Terry about to get thrown out of her doggone angelic house. She can't keep up the house. The kids oh, are tearing man. up the lawn. What is wrong with you? What is wrong? You know, you have they hung- done tore up the streets of gold. All them damn kids. They you done know- tore the rubies out the streets. <laughs> you know... You know- well, I can't play my harp, Lord, because you know what, Sherry's damn kids then tore up my harp. Carrie Pomeroli has a lot of dirt on you. I love my Carrie Pomeroli. She has a lot of dirt on you, and, and my concern is that um, I, I think you already know what the dirt is, and you're fine with talking about it anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I love kids. I think Carrie Pomeroli yeah. is, like, just one of the most sweetest women I've ever known, and she's hysterical. And from the moment I met her, I was like, "You are, you are, you are a star girl." Yeah, she uh, she does a monthly uh, bit on our show a month for the last uh, I don't know five years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so we've gotten to know Carrie real well. As a matter of fact, she's on later today on the show. Later could you, today, could you give her a big kiss for me? Well, um, a big like if you were Sherry, like you have to channel Sherry, but ooh. still being a husband. Oh, yeah. So however you can figure that out. Okay, yeah, give me some time, man. Let me work on that. Confines. Let me. <laughs> Let me work on that. Okay. Um, the scene I can't picture is, and, I, and I've forgotten her name because, you know, I lost my notes, but that the, the model who won America's, America's Next Top Model. America's Next Top Model. She's a friend of yours. Um, You're not talking about Eva. Yeah. You? yeah Eva. What, what's, okay. what's her last name? Eva Pigford. Right. Pigford. There you go. That was yes. her. Yeah. So Eva got all up in Sal's face. Yes, she did. About if you hurt this girl in any way, I'm going to snap my yes, foot off your back. Right? That kind of deal? She did. Yes. I, I cannot imagine someone saying that to that big man. And the thing about it is Eva Pickford, it's Eva, now she just goes by Eva. Eva is uh, very tiny. She's probably a size zero because she's a model. Right. And at the time when we were at my girlfriend's bridal shower, Nisi Nash from Reno 911, we, Eva was, she, she's a tomboy, but she wears six-inch heels. So she was squatting on her, you know, when, when kids squat? Yeah. She was squatting with this, like, miniskirt on. She, she looked like a total tomboy. <laughs> and Sal was towering over her. So she wasn't even saying this as she was standing up. She was squatting on the ground in this dress because she's such a tomboy with this beautiful blonde hair. Uh-huh. And she's telling him, I'm going to whoop your butt. <laughs> and don't let the beauty fool you. <laughs> you don't let the I'm a ghetto girl. I will shoot you. <laughs> If I don't see a smile on my girl's face, that was the scariest thing we both saw. Yeah, she's pretty much like, I will put a cap in your behind. Because Eva's from the hood. She did oh, runways man. in Paris. And did a, but she's squatting on the ground and she's like, and that just shows you, you know you're in a power position when you can squat and look up at somebody who's six six and talk quietly and calmly. Oh, man. You probably got a gun right there. Yeah. And so it was really pretty scary and Sal oh, just kind of looked at her. And he didn't say anything, no. and I think he, uh, I think he was a little, uh, 
think you probably wet his pants. Yeah, yeah, a little taken back. That was a depends yeah. moment right there. Well, you know, yeah. if, th- if things don't work out with Sal, there's always Donnie Wahlberg, right? You can get a little massage from from. That's my new. I just I, I have since my this my sinful pleasure, my new kids on the block. <laughs> Uh, obsession. I, I, Donnie Wahlberg has been on a poster of mine for many, many years. Mm. And every once in a while, he will tweet me, and I just go crazy. Well, you're already there. You are crazy, and I love I'm you. Certifiable, I, I I just, I'm certifiable, I think. I'm wholly certifiable. But I just, I'm so thankful that I'm loved. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, <laughs> that's what I love God. Because he just he even loves the crazy. Well, uh, it's apparently it's the, it's the sick whack jobs that are in need of a doctor. Right? Yes, I agree with you. So that's that's kind of where I'm at as well. And can you tell your listeners thank you for putting up with me and the, and the words that kind of flew out of my mouth that I shouldn't have let fly out of Whatever. my mouth? Whatever. When I start laughing, I, when I start joking around with my friends, boy, I'm just, I'm, I'm a nutcase. <laughs> I'm a nut. I'm you know, I, when I first, uh, Kathy Lee uh, Gifford and I have sort of become friends over the last few years, and when yes. I first had her on my show, I, I, first thing out of my mouth, I said, look, I want to apologize to you. For sitting back, watching the television, and trying to judge whether you really were a Christian or you really weren't a Christian. Yeah. What a stupid thing to do. Just based on, you know, ooh, being smart here or the words she might have said there or take on yeah. this or whatever. Come on. So for everyone who's, who's uh, I don't know, wanted to put a cap in yo's. Uh, <laughs> But you know, step off. Seriously, I just think they just need to relax. It's it's uh, it's I so much more. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people. You know, because we do get those letters. It's so funny. The other day, I got a letter, and the, the lady was going off on me, and she says, "What would Jesus do?" And Sherry, you are Satan because you got on Elizabeth, and you 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 just you know you crucified Elizabeth, and you need to go into her office and apologize to her, and you don't have Jesus. Wow. And and I'm running. I'm cracking because Lizzie is my BFF. That's my best friend. On mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. You, you know, she is my shoulder to cry on. We are sit, You don't see our hands. We're gripping each other's sides. When we got to make an argument together about faith, we are always holding hands under the table. <laughs> and, you know, we pray together. And so I went in the room, and I said, I, Jesus, call me Satan. Oh, my gosh, what did I do to you? And she's like, she ripped it up. She's like, if you don't get out of my room. But this is things that, that people don't see, yeah. you know, behind the scenes. And they don't see of us praying together and they don't and I you know and I think if people can just look at the heart look at the heart you know of what we try to do and so we go on the show and we can't bash people over the head with what our beliefs because that's not what we're supposed to do you if you went to the post office and every time you went you said can I get a stamp and they went well you know if you don't trust in Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior (laughs) going going to hate you I just wanted a stamp you yeah. can't, you know, and there's just, there's just ways. And so I just say, I would just, I, if you see me on TV and I say something, you can send a quick prayer of a way. Because <laughs> that's what I, because the Holy Spirit gets on me a lot at that table. <laughs> oh, man. Actress, comedian, author, co-host of The View, and uh, a fellow nut job, Sherry Shepard on Heck The Drew yeah. Marshall Show. Lovely to chat with you, darling. Thank you very much for having me. I so appreciate that. Well, Thank it's been, it's been our pleasure, and uh, one of these days, I'm sure we'll run into each other. Next time when I come out to Canada, I'll stop by. All right. Well, Carrie's coming up here in a month, so we'll actually when we get her on the show, when she's here in studio, we'll get her on the show. We are going to talk about you relentlessly. Yes, you can call me. And I have to say, I went to Can. I was in Toronto for when I was in that film, Precious. Oh yeah. Toronto Film Festival. And I have to say, Canadians are just the nicest. Yeah. And unless you guys lose a game. Then, then yeah. you, you got True. a temper. True. But other than that, you are the nicest mm-hmm. people I've ever met. Yep. Yeah. Somebody bumps into us, we say sorry. 
It's beautiful. Yeah. You're beautiful people, and it's a beautiful Canada. It's just beautiful. Thank you. You're beautiful, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you again, Sherry. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sherry Shepard on the Drew Marshall Show. I knew I'd have fun with that girl. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Lucky we got em. Hey, folks, I want to tell you about the Drew Marshall Show 1250 special. You ready for this? For 1250, that's right, only $12.50, we'll mention your organization's name, website, and a brief description. Did you catch that? During each show, we'll read out your organization's name, website, and a brief description for only $12.50. Now, obviously, there's no point in doing that only once during a four-hour show, so we'll read your advertisement four times per show for an entire month, and each time we do it, it'll only cost you $12.50. It's kind of like putting an advertisement up on every church bulletin in the GTA, except you don't have to get permission from that grumpy old lady at the front desk. Now look, because there are limited spots available for our 1250 special, why don't you call us right now, toll-free, on 877-JOY-1250. Now sure, we're right in the middle of things here in the show, but if you call us right now, toll-free, on 877-JOY-1250, we'll take your name and number and call you back on Monday to sign up for the Drew Marshall Show 1250 special. This is nuts. Are you sure we want to do this? How am I supposed to make any money?